Hey guys, if you remember, we had ads for Harry's Razors a while ago, and that didn't really work out so well because nobody cared. We have a new sponsor that actually makes sense because I like to drink, and you guys do too. It's called Wink. W-I-N-C is how it's spelled. Based on a quiz that you take on their website, which is really fun, asking you about your flavor profile, if you like blueberries, if you like your coffee black, if you like cream in it, what color shoes you have, what state you were born in, all that stuff goes into it, and they will send you a box every month with new wines for you to try. You can skip any month. You can cancel any time. There's no membership fees. It's good for people who don't have access to a good wine shop in their neighborhood. All of our listeners in Alaska and places like that are unable to really get some bomb-ass wines. All you have to do is go to trywinkwinc.com slash the stew. And when you do that, you'll get $20 off your first shipment of wine. You can be one of those people where you just come home from work because you hate your job and then there's a box at your door and you think it's going to be like Amazon paper towels, but it's not. It's four bottles of wine that you're going to drink tonight. Trywinkwinc.com slash the stew. If you do that, even if you don't like it, even if you think it's dumb, just do it anyway and you will help support us. Thanks, guys. Enjoy the show. Well, you're listening to The Stew. I'm Jason Stewart. Andre Conoparo, say hello. Hi. We're here with a very therapeutic podcast with, uh, with Lindsay. Say hi, Lindsay. Hi. Lindsay, you're, your full name, you're, you're one of the people who has a three-name namer. And how important is it to include all three? I would say, yeah, they all get equal importance. They all get equal <laughs> importance. Okay. Yeah. Lindsay. 33%. Main, Maitland, Maitland, Maitland Hunt. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's a lot of T's going on in there. A lot of T's. Super uh, fun to say. But we're happy to say all three words. Thank you. And all three names. So you were just saying. Uh, by, by the way, Happy Valentine's Day today, guys. Thank you. Happy Valentine's Day, Andre. Happy Valentine's Day to Thanks, you. Thanks, Jason. Happy Valentine's Day. Hey, you it's got fun, it. a little, little. You were just saying. You were just saying that podcasts. You've been. I'm assuming you've been potting a lot lately because you're on a little book promo tour for your book Healthy-ish that came out recently. Yes. How long ago? Congratulations. Thank you. It came out January 9th, so it's five weeks old. That really is recent. I didn't know it was that recent. Yes. Yes. I knew it. Thanks. I did internet research. Fucking knew. Stalked me. (laughs) And I I saw you talking at um, Now Serving, Mm -hmm. our friends over there, and we had um, the the girl that was. Interviewing you from Botanica, she she was on like a, like a month ago as well. Yeah, that's awesome. We're also on a panel together at the Food Book Fair. You guys gonna be there March third? Mm-hmm. Yeah, if anyone wants to see me in person, I'll be on a panel from I'm eleven DJing to eleven forty. The opening reception. For Amazing. That. All right. And then we might be doing. I'm talking to him right now. We might. There's talks of a of a possible live stew going down. Yeah, I, like that was that. mentioned to me a while ago at the at the Vice. What was the cookbook, the Munchies cookbook? Yeah, the Munchies cookbook. Yeah, we're we were talking, talking about, about doing that, but I think like since I know the Food Book Fair, and I've, I worked with them last year in New York, and I did some stuff, but it's a, it's a very female-leaning organization, mm. and I feel like I'm a, not Andre, but maybe I'm a little too much of a liability. Or no, like a, I think bring it. Bring some balance. That's what I say. My... 
the sticking point for me right now is my writer. And it's, <laughs> I'm waiting to get some word back. Is that your, your hospitality or your tech or both? Well, it just depends. You know, I feel like you I really haven't, I haven't seen some hard numbers. Some stuff's been <laughs> floating around. So it mm-hmm. kind of scales with, you know, what the bottom line comes with. Right, right, right. I mean, we got into the podcast game for a reason. I remember, check. I remember my <laughs> favorite world of potting. My favorite writer that I ever saw leaked online was this was like 2004. And that's important because it was Snoop Dogg's writer. And his writer required like an NBA 2K game from like 1997. A specific one. So it was right, like right. seven years. So seven years later, his writer required a vintage video game to be like backstage among many Ooh. other things. And I was like, damn, that's so yes, rough. Set your standards high. That's How's, so rough. What's your book tour hospitality writer looking yeah, what's like that going right on? now, Lindsay? So it's like a couple bottles of champagne. Yeah. Like a puppy, no. Um, no. <laughs> a beer bong, <laughs> beer bong, and then like a banquet table of cheese. <laughs> uh, okay, what about your actual writer, or do you even get one when you're going on a book tour? Perhaps I'm going to be real with you that it didn't even occur to me that I should be demanding so much. But it's after not so today, much of a demand as like a, a polite request. You have an agent, right? I do. Yeah, the, your agent does all this work. Yes, your agent secures the essentia, secures whatever moon juice tonic powder that you need. Mm-hmm. Whatever, if you need an instant instant pot, instant pot you can get. You need pot. an instant pot. Two bottles of lean. Yeah, you need Not one. You need you need drugs. We got drugs. Perfect. Um, Good. Hard drugs. Food book fair will be fun. You hard drugs. <laughs> food book <laughs> fair. Not legal California fun. drugs. Yeah, Google food. Right. Look up food book fair L A. That's March second to the fourth. There's going to be a lot of a lot of people talking on this podcast. They are going to be doing things there. Great, and all the things on my rider. You can come and enjoy those. With yeah, you damn right. So today is Valentine's Day. What are you doing for Valentine's Day today? <laughs> yeah, so came here, starting it off right. Starting it off right See? with a food podcast Hot. during did, the afternoon. Uh, yeah, starting with a food podcast. I'm going to go to coffee alone. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah. Where are you going to coffee though? I just got recommended somewhere right near here called like Maru? All Day Maru. or All, all, all time. time. All Time. I'm going to go to All Time. Not bad. Okay. Mm-hmm. Maru's better. You should I can, go to Maru. I'm flexible. I, can, I was just going to walk because yeah. I've lived in half. New York a long time and I, I can't abide the driving in LA. So mm. I'll walk. Maru's literally block 90 up. second walk from here. Perfect. Two, three minutes. Super close. Okay. And it's closer than All Time. I don't think I'll, I've never been all time, but I don't think there's any reason to go there. <laughs> Great review. They have so, like a $14 avocado toast that's uh, the size of your fist. No. Like a little boy. Yeah, like a boy's fist. <laughs> all right. Not, not like fist. a. Good. You're not okay. like a. Okay, because your fist size avocado toast is worth 14 That'd be worth 14 depending yeah. on how beautiful the radish slices are that day. Yes. Okay. So mm. I guess I'm going to. Solo coffee. Maru. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Maru. Maru. And you're getting a matcha. Okay. With oat milk. All right. Oat milk, matcha as, latte, iced. As very, very LA. Or hot if it's a little chilly out. We're going iced. Oh, go iced. Okay. And then I'm doing a Valentine's Day with my best friend. Mm-hmm. I'm Blake. listening. Hot. <laughs> What's his name? Her name is Blake. Okay. Still and listening. And we are going to. <laughs> Potentially watch some Harry Potter and cook some food. Oh, we were gonna watch Fifty Shades, the new Which one, one, because the she heard one? you could download it from iTunes to your home instead of going to the theater. 
which I was in, I was actually in favor of because so you wouldn't have to watch enjoyable it around at home other than in the theater. Yeah, because I went to the first one in the theater and everyone was like catcalling and like laughing at the screen, and I was like, "This is a serious matter. Please <laughs> you stop have to laughing." Be in the mo- you have to be in the mood. <laughs> this is a serious. <laughs> this matter. is about consent. <laughs> Love is on the line, and you guys are laughing. Uh, if no. you want, I can torrent the newest um, Fifty Shades for you guys and, and hit you with the Wii transfer link. Great. Okay. So, or you could just spend three ninety nine and rent it. It's no, like, no. It's, it's I don't think you. it actually is rentable. Oh, okay. Turns out. So then the backup. I'll, I'll, I just, I'll download was... the Oscar screen. <laughs> God damn it! No Oscar screeners for that movie. I mean, Fifty Shades of Consideration. Convinced. The best review I saw of that was if they make one more, I'm gonna need a safe word. Oh, which I thought was <laughs> so real good. cute. I haven't seen any of them. The thing is, I have a really low. If there's high production value, like. I am pretty down with anything romantic oh, on the screen. Okay. Yeah. If you so, like put any random star and a lot of money behind it, I'll watch. High production value is all it takes for you. Mm-hmm. I, I, why, aren't, why aren't you doing a nice, dependable, time-tested rom-com, though, instead of a... Right, a, Fifty Shades. <laughs> right. Gladiator. Gladiator. No, so yeah, we're going to do Harry Potter. Time-tested. I, I'm, I would like... An, it's complicated... Nancy I just Myers memorized vehicle. that movie, so I'm taking a, taking it, a got break. It, got it. Which one's it's complicated? Meryl Streep owns a bakery in Montecito, California. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Jason <laughs> got city of this. Jason got so obsessed with that movie after it came out very randomly. Not obsessed, but you were, you were very effusively telling people, I really liked it, guys. I really when liked it. Un, yeah, because like, it was unpro- great. Un, yeah. Unprovoked, just hanging out at a bar and be like, hey guys, I really like that movie. And we'd all just be like, what the fuck? Isn't it weird and different that me, a guy like that, It's just this? so weird that, that I you- like it. Like he was really, I think he was really proud of himself. That right, it. right. It's like, look at me. I like a sensitive movie about a middle-aged woman. I got my first <laughs> taste of middle-aged Myers and I liked how it felt. I well, think he liked- may I recommend Something's Gotta Give next? I think I identify with Baldwin a little bit. <laughs> We've already been there. Yeah, Baldwin and Steve Martin fighting for for Meryl Streep, who's just moonlighting, Naturally. moonlighting <laughs> with the both of them. And there's a, there's a, the guy from The Office is the lovable boyfriend. Definitely, uh. they all get high in that bathroom together. Mm-hmm. Oh, brother! Great scene. Well, I, speaking of Valentine's Day, yeah. I was thinking since since like Andre and I are really into cooking a lot, how Usually, like Valentine's Day, going out to dinner at a restaurant on Valentine's Day night is like the worst nightmare you could have, like in mm-hmm. terms of a restaurant experience. Mm-hmm. So, usually for a, a Valentine's Day, I'll just always cook at home every year. Sure. But then you're doing I, that tonight. I felt I'm not doing it tonight because I felt like it kind of if you if you always cook at home, then it kind of takes away from some of the the majesty and 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 special thoughtfulness of mm-hmm. uh, of valentine's day sure yeah you gotta get some like caviar or something Inle- unless you're doing some high dollar stuff like that like buying caviar but then it's kind of like it's never well how, how do you do you agree with that logic like yeah, if you just always cook at home then it's kind of like you're gonna have pasta at home again it's gonna also be like nice. dishes mm-hmm. so that's kind of a downer mm. i feel like takeout is a good thing for valentine's day because mm. i don't do takeout a that's lot fun. And it's takeout doesn't like seem like a, a real. I don't do it. So for me, takeout's like oh, special. takeout is is exciting. I like yeah because I, I feel, feel like, like in terms of like a, making a a woman excited and romantically, takeout is is pretty low on the scale. It's like fancy restaurant. 
cooking a beautiful meal, if you're a good cook, cooking a beautiful meal, if you're a bad cook, but it's cute that you tried, and then picking up John and Vinny's on the way there and eating some soggy Caesar yeah. is at the bottom. Okay. All right. Well, no, I guess I have I'm, a low stakes kind of date. <laughs> fair. No, but I mean, this is, but no, that's just my opinion. But it's see, different for you because you never do it. But takeout. you're qualifying the food more than the event. So you're like, oh, takeout <clears throat> take food is not as good as opposed to it's really fun. So when the takeout is part of the whole package of the night and not just trying to flex on what you're actually eating, I think that's what she's talking about. Yeah. And I'm starting to feel like I'm Valentine's Day is not all about me after all. Well, it's just not, I mean, you're very food centric in, I think, where you're starting your paradigm of Valentine's Day. As opposed to, it's what not just about food centric, though. It's not just about food. It's not it's just the, about it's, food. You know, it's it's not, it didn't even the occur whole to me it was really about food, frankly. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so, it is about food. <laughs> Valentine's Day is a food holiday. I've been getting it wrong this entire time. Shit. But you and I don't, well, we talked about this. We had a little fun day Sunday, and we were talking about this. And what I said to you was, do something out of your comfort zone food wise, mm-hmm. like bake something, which you bake, mm. you bake good things. <sighs> um, yeah. And I've had them before. Not saying you're not a good baker, but you don't do it very often. Like I mm-hmm. don't do it very often. Yeah. So takeout combined with fun cake mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and, and then you activity. Can do the cake in advance. So if you really, yeah, mm-hmm. if you really want to, like, you know, so, you know, it doesn't have to be your best pasta dish, it just has to be something thoughtful and hopefully fun. Yeah, and I just don't want to be doing dishes or worrying about the dishes yeah. sure. when you're like on a like sexy time date. Mm-hmm. That sounds slightly you. That sounds like you have a very clean apartment <laughs> situation you, going I've on. I've known you for 18 minutes. It's so you. No, 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 no. I just mean to hear you mention that for the second or third time, you don't like dishes. I fucking hate dishes. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. No, you, no, can no, say, no. you can say bad words hey, on this pod. fuck dishes, all right? I used, to, I used to fucking hate dishes, and Andre knows it more than anyone. It's true. And then I slowly, slowly am okay with doing dishes, and now, and now I've got it under control, and I'm on top of it. Do you get distracted? There's hope for you. If there's three dishes in the sink. Are you distracted about everything else going on in your yes. apartment? Yeah. See, that's why. That's exactly what I thought. For me, a dirty dish, I don't even think about it. I'm okay with, but it gets done. If it sits overnight, it gets done first thing while I'm making coffee in the morning, so I can deal with it overnight. But in general, I don't like a messy house. Or I'm messy okay kitchen. with the overnight like soak situation. I just I'm always the one who has to do the dishes, so it's really on me. It's really on me to do the dishes, and so. Uh, bay it's doesn't my do Valentine's the dishes? Day. Yeah. There's no bay at this moment. <laughs> but let me tell you, top of the list is two dishes. Just get you a man who likes to scrub. Get me a man who likes to scrub. Perfect. <laughs> yes. You just wrote my dating profile. It's not very long. It's not very long. Download Bumble right now. Bald, short, no problem. Missing an arm? As long as you can get the job done. Elbow grease? Required. <laughs> Perfect. Let's talk about healthy-ish. Sure. <laughs> Um, cause healthy, I remember when we were, when I was watching you do the, um, do the little, the book talk at, at the bookstore, there were, there, were, you guys were talking about how the word healthy-ish like may or may not be the, the, your favorite word for it, but it, I mean, not, let me, let me backtrack that. Like it, it's a word that describes it so perfectly that, that theory or that way of thinking that there's no, even if you don't like the word or the phrase healthy-ish, that it's just so perfectly describes it. 
And, right, I, yeah. and I do agree with that. Yeah, I agree with it. It's hard. It's a question I'm getting a lot is like, what is healthy-ish, which is hard to explain because you just kind of know it when you hear it. You're like, healthy-ish, yes, I know what healthy is and ish modifies it and means that it's close. It's like a cousin. It's like mm-hmm. the fun cousin, maybe. I don't know. It means it might have a little butter in it. Definitely has butter, pro-butter, or cheese, obviously, clearly. The cheese cheese and dishes are my themes. The cousin that's somehow not fat, right. healthy-ish. Right. Should be fat. The should be fat cousin. But isn't. But isn't. <laughs> I know. I know her. I know her. Um, so yeah, I guess the idea is that it's a word that you don't have to explain too much to understand the concept. But if you really want to drill down, you can say like it fits somewhere in the middle. It's about balance, moderation, mm-hmm. all those things. Like my thing is that when you look at the food, it looks delicious and hearty and satisfying, even if it's a salad. Like mm-hmm. at the end of the day, like I have to convince myself to eat salad. So. Starting from there. Sure. Mm-hmm. I found that eating salad with chopsticks helps. Mm. Very I don't know why, but like, and then He's on a chopstick. And then designing, though, so. designing your, your salad to be chopstick friendly okay. is another fun thing. That sounds like it takes a long time to eat. It, exactly. You say it like it's a bad thing. We should all slow down how we eat, right? It's true. No, this that's seems, a thing. This is seems that still good. a thing? Yes, I think that that's probably better for digestion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'd probably just get sick of it and be like, uh. You have to, you have to teach yourself the restraint and the mental strength. S- all right. To slow down. Sometimes you need a chopstick, sometimes you need a garden trowel. I mean, there's a different nights <laughs> for all types of things. Yeah. You know? Yeah, like a prisoner. You, what, you guys don't have a trough here? <laughs> that's weird. My, my biggest healthy ish thing that I do is just replacing things with, with yogurt. Okay, so like sour cream. And make it yogurt, mayonnaise, okay. olive oil. Like, like if I'm making a vinaigrette, mm. where you just have like lemon juice and olive oil and garlic, or whatever. I just replace the olive oil with yogurt, and it's mm. and it emulsifies even better because it's already well, yeah, it's emulsified. Mm-hmm. And mm. you kind of you still get all the flavor, but a fraction of the calories, you know. Yeah. Or replacing mayonnaise with with yogurt. Yeah, I'll try it. I'm sure you've done that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've turned dips and like yogurt based, or I'll maybe still keep some mayonnaise or olive oil for flavor, but do something like yogurt to balance it out. Yeah, I, I, you, you, I always try to walk the line because you, if you have no mayonnaise, like if you're making a tuna salad and you just use all yogurt instead of mayonnaise, it's yeah, just, it's disgusting. It just gets kind of sad. It sounds very tangy. tangy you, ha- you have to really up the salt ante as well. Right. When you remove. I mean, I think you need fat. Like, you need fat to signal to your brain, like, this is filling, this is hearty, this is satisfying. Yeah. But, so. I, but, I'm, all, you, but I'm always trying to search that for that perfect balance of, like, mayonnaise to yogurt ratio right. that's going to give me just the amount of satisfaction yeah. that I need. You're chasing, the, you're chasing the dragon, Daddy. Yeah, is it 70-30? I think it's 70-30. That sounds about right. 30 mayo, 70 yogurt. No. 70 yogurt, 30 mayo. Yeah, that's what I said backwards, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what you just said, but backwards. 30% mayo, 70% yogurt. Yeah, yeah. A lot of salt. A lot of salt. Always a lot of salt. <laughs> yeah? I mean, I think homemade food, this is like the whole thing. People are terrified of salt. Yeah, but mom, if you're are cooking- you listening, mom? <laughs> Tell the whole family, Jason's salt's mom. okay. I'm here today. Happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> um, no, I think that people are really scared of salt because... I mean, people are scared of food, I think. That's just the 
maybe you guys aren't scared of cooking or maybe I'm not scared of cooking, but I do think that at the end of the day, people are feeling like they're fucking up when they're cooking when really mm-hmm. like it's okay, just do it the best you can or sure. do it whatever. Even if it's a grilled cheese, if you're not used to cooking, that's great mm-hmm. and serve it with salad or whatever. Eat it with chopsticks. Um, <laughs> but I do think... <laughs> okay. Um, but I do think that if you are making your own food at home and you're buying vegetables and you're seasoning them, like you want to make sure they're delicious. Otherwise, you're going to think this sucks. I don't want to cook vegetables. Mm-hmm. I think also for me, if people could put into context and had an understanding of what goes into restaurant food, even when it's nothing that's really decadent or indulgent, just the base level of fat and sodium that goes into anything that comes out of a restaurant kitchen, with the exception of, say, something like Botanica or Kismet, Jason's favorite restaurant. Mm. Um, it's not. Oh. <laughs> but if, unless it's coming out, unless it's not coming out of something specifically that is very food, health conscious, vegetable forward, and taking those things with each dish, your very average salad is shocking from like your local bakery. It's fucked up. And if you had an understanding of that, you would be like, wow, I'm using so much less at cooking at home, yet I'm using so much more than I think I should be. I mean, it's, it's incredible. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it's, it can be really intimidating for somebody to cook at home who isn't used to it. But if they had a little bit more awareness of what they're eating in general, they'd be a lot more comfortable. Yeah. And it's hard because there's not a lot of transparency with restaurants of what they're doing. Zero. And I don't even Unless think you're Del Taco. Yeah, there's right. zero I don't, transparency. Right. And I don't think that's necessary. But it's interesting because I specifically gave measurements for salt and all of the recipes in the book seasoned to what I consider to be like a good balance. And some people have said, like, I can't believe you're putting that much salt in the pasta water. And the reality is the pasta doesn't soak up all that salt. Mm -hmm. But if you're going to have a pasta recipe, which there aren't that many in the book, but if it's going to be pasta with some vegetables, it needs to taste salty and balanced. Otherwise, you are Mm going to go eat something from your Del Taco Mm. and... In the end of the day, that's going to be worse for you. It's 2018. Yeah. Who doesn't make the pasta water taste like the ocean? Yeah, yeah. The if mar. you're listening to well, this, like when- po- everyone knows like you got to salt it like the ocean. But mm-hmm. sometimes I sometimes I'll taste the the pasta water and be like, this is really salty. Do you remember when we went to Dano's wedding and we were what was it high altitude? Was yeah. that was that the deal where we were in Santa Fe? Yeah, it's it was high altitude. Very high altitude. And I had never really cooked in high altitude, and I made pasta. And the pasta was so insanely salty because it took so long to cook because it was boiling. Like, it was a whole yeah. thing. Like I, I, I remember that. That just struck me right now because I don't know how to Yeah, that's like altitude. a whole other world of, like, recipe writing and, and so cooking crazy. instruction of, like, dealing with high-altitude stuff. It's just kind of like, fuck it, you're on your own. Oh, no, I have a resource. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Because my parents now live in Wyoming, which is, they're at... Like 6,400 feet, Look, I think. Look, it's not a competition, okay? Yeah, I know. They're, I don't know <laughs> they what won, that compares though. to Santa Fe, but you can okay. come cook pasta in Wyoming. Um, <laughs> but, well, I think water comes to a boil faster, but King Arthur flour, this is for baking, because you do have to make adjustments. Do you guys know King Arthur flour? Mm-hmm. Just from it on the shelf. I don't bake that much. But. Okay, well, if you do bake, or mm-hmm. people who a listen fine to flour. this do bake. Yeah, yeah. Um, Great flour, they have other products, but they also do recipes, and their website has an entire chart of how to modify everything for baking. Oh, wow. And so I've cooked things at sea level and then done all the adjustments at altitude, and it comes out identical. 
Oh. Yeah, but you have to like change the temperature, change the liquid, change the leavener, change the. Is it like a spreadsheet where I can plug mm-hmm. in my data? Uh, <laughs> there's a spreadsheet. I don't know if you can plug and play, but that should be. I'm a trying thing. to get my hands. If anyone works for the John and Vinny people, I'm trying to get my hands on. They have a they have a food cost um, spreadsheet mm-hmm. like algorithm that they've they've created that apparently is amazing. So well, if anyone wants to betray your bosses and send it to me, I'd like to just take a look at it. Yeah, if you want to risk losing your job, just email us at yeah. <laughs> whatever the email is. Mm-hmm. I mean, it can't be that crazy, right? No, it's probably fine. Can you make one, Andre? Are you good at spreadsheets? No, but my sister is, and I'm on it. Oh, I'll back. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> the finance sister can do a spreadsheet. Oh, I bet. Damn, that's good. I need a finance sister. It's pretty good to have. Does she loan money? <laughs> Or is it just Excel? Yeah, she's ready to loan you any money you need. That is, she sounds sick. <laughs> so how long did it take you to write this cookbook? It took, um, so I started the proposal October 2015, and it came out January 2018, so. Okay. How many recipes? Two years and four months, but I, it, from selling it May in like May 2016 to now, I guess it was 18 months. Okay. How many recipes did you have to include in your proposal? Mm. Well, I think I had eight or nine that were developed and I shot for the proposal. Um, but the whole, I think 125 recipes were in the list. Maybe maybe fewer, I don't remember. That's a lot. Or maybe it was like 90 ideas. Most of those made in the book. But the book is 131 recipes because I knew, we didn't know what publisher we'd be at or right. who would want the book to look a certain way. Like one publisher wanted it to be like five steps to healthy-ish. And I was like, that's the opposite of the book mm-hmm. like right. the book is there is no rule there's no rule yeah. um it's sort of like a you do what feels good to you thing but um so yeah so it grew by another 41 or so or 51 that's a lot yeah do you yeah. feel like you have more recipes in you to make another cookbook so, or is... i don't understand how but yes i have a wow. lot more in me. you're not tapped coming out up yet. with ideas is the best part writing emails is the worst part <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense cooking is Closer to the best part. And what, what ways have you learned how to modify and improve the process of recipe testing and writing? Like, do you do it oh, all yeah. at home or do you have... Yep. Okay, so you do it all at home mm-hmm. and you've done it a lot now over the last few years. What yeah. are some tips for somebody who's trying to develop their own recipes at home? Yeah, so I actually just wrote an article that's or going just to go me. up about this so I can send it if you guys want to put oh, it really? in. Oh, really? Yeah, so I... Because I'm so often doing a bigger project, it's not like, I mean, if I wanted to do a cranberry orange muffin, then I would just research cranberry, cranberry orange muffins and look at the different ways that someone went about it, look at muffins I developed, think about what mattered in terms of ratios or what problems people had talked about. Like looking at reviews of recipes is a really helpful way to see what people didn't feel satisfied about. Mm -hmm. And I have rules too for myself. Like, And those are all in healthy-ish. If there's a way to reduce the number of pots and pans or in the instance of a muffin, it'd be like, why did they say to soak the cranberries in the orange juice and then drain it and then you don't use the orange juice? Mm -hmm. So looking at things that I think aren't done smartly in one recipe... Mm -hmm. Um, and, or for instance, say there's a nut in the recipe and I would know I'd want it to be toasted. So I'd go through and think about all the different variations that you could have. Yeah. Why wouldn't you ever want to toast the nut? You got to toast the nuts. Oh, that's always better. Just like, why aren't people toasting their nuts? (laughs) (laughs) I wake up every day asking myself that same question. I do like that you opened with 
So I start off by trying to reduce the number of pots and pans in the recipe immediately. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I just Back to dishes. Uh, Back to the dishes, yeah. Back to dishes. We said it would be like therapy, and I think yeah. that it's clear I have some stuff to work out with dishes. Well, what is the second book called One Less Dish? <laughs> Ooh, I think the second book is Find a Boyfriend Who Likes to Do Dishes. <laughs> yeah, because like, or, I'm, I'm already writing like the script for this rom-com that you, you're loosely based on. Ooh. And in the end, you end up with a number one scrub master. <laughs> who's in the Alec end, Baldwin. They, just, they buy me a dishwasher. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Okay. That's the. <laughs> That's. Is simple. that an appliance or a person? I'm going to remove. Both. I'm going to hold mm. my tongue. I I just had like three jokes that were good that I that my mom will not want to hear me say. Oh yeah, I'm not going to let my parents <laughs> listen to this podcast. But um, what hard <laughs> drugs do you do? <laughs> yeah, both of our moms listen to this podcast. Like very, very heavily. Cool, cool. So you're going to get a couple of new follows on Instagram just to Aww. let you know. Um, thanks, guys. You'll get ladies. one out of the two of our moms. All right. That's a good ratio. My mom doesn't like other women. No, she doesn't have Instagram. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay. His mom's not on the gram. My, my mom is heavy on the gram. Heavy on the gram. What about your mom? My mom is on the gram. My mom actually has a travel blog, and <gasps> so she has an Instagram so associated with that. It's oh. called Travel Magnolia. Shout out to Maggie. Wow. Yeah. Maggie? Maggie. Maggie Magnolia. Maggie, you gypsy of the world, be honest. She is. Yeah. Maggie, I would love nothing more than to give you a free plug on how many, Valentine's Day, babe. How many sundresses does Maggie travel with? Literally zero. Oh. I don't think she a, wears a sundress. What about a floppy hat? Yeah, she'll, she'll bring one here and there. She'll I'm going to be honest, I'm wearing hat. actually mostly her clothes right now because mm. her closet is right there next to where I'm sleeping, so... See, that's a thing that I've never been able to take advantage of. Wearing, wearing your, your mom's, mom's clothing? clothes? Yeah. I mean, when I was a kid, sure. But I'm so tall that I grew out of all the stuff when I was like 12 or something. Yeah, That was a hard year. Once you realize you had to start hiding that, then you yeah. couldn't do it anymore. <laughs> Enjoy it. I mean, you look great. Well, thanks. I'll tell mm-hmm. her. Um, she can listen to this clip. Um, okay, well, back Love you, to- Mom, and she's out. <laughs> Um, okay, back to developing a recipe. But yes. um, so yeah, so okay, toast the nuts, yeah. and then so in that instance, I do research, and then I'd get to where I think I want to be. I would actually write the recipe up and go into the kitchen and make it, and then assess based on. I mean, I've been doing this for a really long time, so I can often like I can look at a picture of a baked good and tell you what's wrong with it. Oh wow. Yeah, cuz a friend changed a bunch of things in my banana bread recipe the other day and she sent it to me and I was like too much liquid and then she told me what happened was right. So pretty instantaneously <laughs> wow. I can look at something or taste it and know like what's wrong. Especially with baking, you wouldn't make too many modifications at once. For instance, if it were like I have a butternut squash and bean stew, it's easy to tell like you can add tomatoes and change the spices in the next go around. You wouldn't do that with a muffin. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I would just iterate until it got right. Make notes, type those up, print out a fresh sheet, staple it together, do it again, take a so final you picture. you a tangible copy. Yeah, I mean, since I started working in test kitchens, magazine test kitchens, I worked for a cookbook author, et cetera, et cetera. I learned those skills and I've kept them in my personal life because by the end I had like a 40-pound binder of the book just organized Damn. with everything stable because if there's a mistake, then you can go back and say like, why didn't this work? Or when eventually I had testers test the recipes, you have like everything together organized. So it's good to have the timeline because you can, like, you can make something 10 times and then you can go back and be like, oh, well, the third time we did it was actually the best. Yeah. Holy shit, everything exactly. we did was what wrong. A waste. 
Yeah. Mm. Yeah. How frustrating is it when you make a recipe and you're like, here's how you do this, and then they show you a picture and say, like, it didn't work out. What's wrong? And then you ask them, like, well, did you follow all the recipe steps? And they're like, well, I didn't do this. Like, that always that always annoys me. I used to get really annoyed. I remember, especially when I worked at Real Simple Magazine, and we'd have readers write in the comment section, like, this recipe was bad. By the way, here are the five changes. And I would get really incensed. <laughs> um, but I think especially now that social media has changed so much with food and they're... Food is just more popular in general. It's like a thing, I guess. It's a thing. Um, so There's a goddamn podcast about it. Exactly. <laughs> um, so when I went about the book, I was like, you know what? Everyone's going to change everything. Why not encourage them to do it their own way and just understand that every time someone tells me they've changed something, that right. that was the point. Um, and I just don't take it personally. Right. I mean, I feel like you have to get to a certain level of cooking confidence and strength in order before you start making those changes yourself for me it's when it's like a super super amateur person being like oh i didn't have olive oil so i used this instead and now it tastes bad and you're like you had to use olive oil right and that's why it tastes bad and they're like oh yeah not that many people have been saying to me that something tasted bad they tell me they made all the changes and they say it was great and I'm sort of like, okay, that's what the broccoli so soup like, is for you. I like, saw your little you recipe. Change... I made it better. This is how. Yeah. So you should think I'm cool and better than you. Yeah, but for instance, my friend who made the banana bread, she ended up putting fennel seeds on top. And I was like, that's a genius idea. I probably wouldn't have thought of that. Now I'm going to try it with fennel seeds. So I feel like sort of if you can't beat them, join them is my yeah. new philosophy about recipes. Like. This is the way I like to do it, but um, why not collaborate? And people have come up with really good ideas. So mm-hmm. fennel seed on we'll the banana see. bread, huh? I know. How do you feel about that, Andre? Good. I like fennel seed. I, I mean, I yeah. like it in sausage, like in biscotti. I'm a fennel yeah. seed fan. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I from I what you're describing, also, it's like you set your SP free and it's for everyone to enjoy. The only problem is, is when somebody changes it and then complains. Yeah. No complaining allowed. So, so in that sense, <laughs> first, it's like first rule, change anything you want and enjoy it and do you. But when you start changing it and then start bitching about the recipe online, it's like, you're not talking about my recipe. This is not like, it's just, that's not what you did. Yeah. It's right. like so. complaining that a lock won't open when you try a different combination. Absolutely. It's fucking bullshit. All you guys suck. Yep. Internet over it. <laughs> yeah, the internet's a it's a place. Speaking of the internet, I have some questions from our listeners. Do you want to listen answer some questions from our listeners? Sure. They're oh, listening. It's not live. It's not live. Oh, okay. That's like sure. the third time that's happened. Yeah, actually it is. Uh, people will, like write in on Twitter or on Instagram, they'll DM me questions. Sure, yeah. To be answered. Let's let's chat about and it. And whenever we have a pro like yourself, you know, it's it's more fun to throw them Throw a matcha. Uh, Nick Russo asks, is, it, is making your own pasta worth it? Do you have on, any tips on making it more flavorful? Um, Ray, yeah. I think that's a, pasta making is a, is a one thing that you really, it takes a lot of time to really get the nuance and subtlety of it, of it down. Like it's so much like feeling and, and like a, 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 a second sense and mm. not, not just like a precise mix it all together and do it kind of thing. I guess I'm, I want to ask Nick, like, 
when he says worth it, what is, what's the worth? Like what's the scale of value? I think like if it's to say I made my own pasta and to like (laughs) make the meal from start to finish, then absolutely do it. Or you want to learn something new or you want to get a feel for like Mm -hmm. what it, what it could be that you're not getting from dried pasta. Great. Um, yeah, it's, that sounds like fun. It sounds like a fun weekend project. Well, I think, I think there's Valentine's day. I think there's, there's categories of foods that are not worth it to make it yourself versus going out. Okay. Like what? Number one for me. Korean barbecue. So 18, 18 Mm. types of banchan are hard to do at home. Sure. sure. Beer making. Beer making's a hobby. I'd take that. I'd strike that. But we're 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 doing you. We're doing you. No, no, no. We're doing you. But I feel like. Beer making is one of those things where it's like that's a whole separate. Oftentimes, thing. pizza making. Yes. Hmm. See, I love making my own pizza. Right, that but, to me but is most people don't. We'll most people don't have the hardware for it. Most people don't have the hardware for it. Is the problem? Sure. Their oven doesn't get hot enough, or like if you're, or if you're doing it like. But I'm, there's some workarounds that are still really delicious, and it's going to be hotter than any takeout could ever be. That's fair. <laughs> that's true. Um, I, I th- it's uh, for me like this, like this, the the sushi one. It's like it's it's never going to be worth it in terms of like the dollar to satisfaction ratio of when you go to a restaurant, uh, sushi restaurant, like buying your own bulk sushi grade fish and getting a knife and cutting it and making the rice perfectly. Like you're never going to do a good job compared to going on. Well, and you're I think so much four about times it. As much. Well, it's but at this point we're talking about like the experience of making food. So it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, I think he should do the pasta, but maybe don't like buy the pasta maker. Maybe ask a friend. Can I use your? Yeah, pasta I was going to mention that there is some equipment requirements. I mean, he's not going to just be able to get a roller out and be able to roll out mm-hmm. quarter-inch thin strips of fettuccine by Although, hand first time out. But there's a ton of different hand-rolled pasta shapes that you can make without yeah, a pasta machine. True. So like, true. you could look into those. I would um, say uh, tips on making it more flavorful. Mm-hmm. What do you guys yeah. think? Just buying a real daddy flour and some good yeah, salt. Buy some good flour, some good salt. I think also... Think about the water you're going to use to make it. So maybe Essentia. get some, I guess, Essentia. We're sponsored by Essentia today. Mm-hmm. Um, to that was a joke. Um, no, get some water, some spring water, or if you know your tap or you filter it or something, like mm-hmm. do think about that. And then the sauce that you either cook it in or finish it with, make sure that's delicious. Make sure it has yeah. a little salt in it. I mean, I'm hard-pressed to think of a pasta that, necess- that where the pasta needs to be... Flavored outside of the actual sauce where you're cooking it, even down to like a cacio pepe. But if you wanted to take a little time machine back to the 90s, you can make a little saffron tea, throw that in there. But there's very <laughs> few things that I think that you end up, that end up working better in the pasta. Wait, how am I going to describe this? I can't think of something as an ingredient or a flavor in the actual pasta itself that works better than incorporating whatever you're trying to do whether it's texture or flavor in the sauce or how you're serving it. At yeah, the end I of the day, like what you're aiming for more than anything is the appropriate amount of salt and texture, whether that comes from the type of flour you're using, balancing how many yolks you're using, if you're only using yolks. I mean, it's really, the pasta is all about the pasta. It's making my head spin. Yeah, and you don't even need to 
do use a yolk necessarily. Like there are flour and water I mean, pastas. You, mm-hmm. Yeah, if you don't want to be a do. monster, you, I guess you could. <laughs> well, so the photographer of my book is coming out with a hand rolled pasta book, and there's no yolks in the pasta. Wow. Yeah. So, so los amalino, fair. I'll send you that. Send that. Please do. And and for whatever pasta you're making, cream based, tomato based, vegetable based, at the very end. Put in a knob of butter and stir it in. It just always makes it all better mm-hmm, and emulsifies mm-hmm. it all together. If if you're worried about your pasta being good and not great, blast Absolutely. it with butter. Fresh pepper. Mm-hmm. Get a pepper grinder. Step one for cooking. Yeah. <laughs> Don't use it from a tin. Mm. Yeah, mom. Just Ooh. kidding. My mom grind, has a pepper grinder. <laughs> uh, next question from Lil Party Grandma. That's my mom. This yeah. is uh, your mom's little party. Shout out to Magnolia. It's kind of, she has two questions. First one, it's a little philosophical. Would you rather have a soggy chilequile or a chilequile that is severely dry? Oh, severely dry. Not, yeah. Because then it's just a chip. Well, then you just put hot sauce on it and now you're eating chips. You can't, but you what, can't. Do you do, what do you do with a soggy chilequile except throw it away? You, I'm fine I, with a sauce. I want a saucier thing than a dry thing. Me too. I'm about okay. wet more than dry. We're but we're, I'm, I'm a sauce man. She's a sauce man. Two I'm a monsters. Sauce man. Two monsters. I'm a sauce man. See, this don't, is why. Don't listen to him. This is why we have different people with different opinions. It's a, it's a, exciting on the podcast. You're a cruncher. We're a saucer. Mm-hmm. Uh, the twain shall never meet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and next question, describe an ideal day of eating in a country of your choosing. Is this a call me by your name question? Is this, what is going on here? Uh, Andre doesn't like this question. Well. No, I think, I mean, I just feel like, yeah. It's a little, it's a little, it's a maybe little party not, grandma. Maybe, it's a grandma question. Maybe I'm not in the mood for this question, but sure. Andre's not in the mood for this question. No, I like it. I think for me, I'm going to go Japan Whoa. will be my country. Okay. Um, because you can kind of you can kind of get a little bit of everything. You can get you can get the ramen experience. You can get the omakase sushi experience. You can get the the kaiseki healthy seasonal dinner where people in the kabuki outfits bring you little cups of radishes and things like that. You can get wasted in karaoke and you could smoke indoors. It's all there. Well, okay, I guess. I can't choose Japan now. Um, <laughs> but maybe, I mean, you, you spend you a lot say of... You same and all... You, we'll you spend a lot that. of time in Berlin. Yes, I was going to probably go with Germany. And I would like, you, I would like to hear your, your, um, okay. your ideal day of eating in Berlin. So, Berlin. They all say it's so weird because in German it's also pronounced Berlin, but when a German speaks in English, they say, how do you like Berlin. 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 They put the emphasis in the front. Um, in Berlin, I... Okay, so German breakfast is the shit. Okay. If you're a savory breakfast person, which I am... Same. Yeah, so anyway, you start with like the German breakfast. The, okay, the word for breakfast is Frühstück. Early piece. I'm out. I'm already out. It's so hard. <laughs> Everything is a confusing word, and you can't anticipate it. Okay. But um, but there's like egg, and there's cold cuts, and there's cheese, and there's mm-hmm. always the veggies. And what kind of veggies are we talking? So simple veggies. Simple veggies. Um, there's broccoli. Yeah, well, probably Cheese? a cucumber, lettuce, tomato, sometimes like a pickle. Um. See, I don't know how I feel about a lettuce on my egg. My oh, I like egg a plate. lettuce and an egg. 
And then there's like a huge basket mm. of breads and oh, then yeah. butter and Nutella and jam. Mm. So you can end Yogurt. with a coffee and the, yeah, there's the, the Speisecock yeah. or whatever. I don't even I'm know. sorry, what? Yeah. What is that? There's like a creamy thing with herbs in it. Oh, that's Kreutekock. I don't know. Creamy thing with herbs in it? Yeah. Just like a cup of cream with herbs? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like a bowl of cream? <laughs> Yeah. Okay. And, yeah, you put cool. that on the bread, put and the egg, and the, the meats. So that's, it's just like a little buffet, a personal some, buffet. Is that somewhere yeah. between like a, a butter and a cream? Like it's in like thickness? it's more like the texture of a thicker sour cream. It's related mm. to like creme fraiche. Like a labne? Like <laughs> like a fucking yes. labne. Yes. <laughs> I was, yeah, I was gonna say creme fraiche, and it's like it's, <laughs> God damn it. Okay, that um, sounds good. I'm already okay, full, so though. What I, about the rest of it? I know, so the then bu- you walk around, you see lunch. some art, and okay. then lunch, you'd have like a schnitzel with some like potato situation, some sauce. You can have a beer, or you can just do whatever you want. And mm-hmm. I love the little like lingonberry jam. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're getting sort of stereotypical, mm-hmm. but we're going to go stereotypical. And then Hopefully, we're, are we going to do a nap in a field? Nap, and then 4 p.m. is always coffee singing, and cake. Coffee and cake time. In the, on, the, on the hill. Singing, singing on, on the, the hill. hill. Yeah. What about the outdoor napping? How does in that the go summer down? for sure? Okay. Yeah, because that's what I so that's what I'm romanticizing right now. We're planning now. your summer. I'm planning my summer. A lot of outdoor napping. Yes. I want I want They're my really wallet to be stolen while I'm asleep. I want to be that <laughs> far out. <laughs> I want to wake up in a place that I didn't go to bed in. Hell yeah! Yeah, they just tow you around. Wake up in jail. Okay, so 4 p.m. 4 p.m. Coffee and cake. Coffee and cake. Yeah, that's it's the like time. the whole that's the, the whole country does it. Coffee and kuchen. Yeah. It's just a thing that we all do. The thing they all do. And is it actual cake or yeah, is it like... Cake. There's this really good place um, that has like schnecken, which are like cinnamon rolls. But they have all these different fillings mm. in them. Mm-hmm. So I go there. And then Berlin has a lot of like really good wine bar, like Neo Bistro style wine bars. So usually we go there for dinner and get more like modern German food. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Damn. Is, is everyone fat there? Everyone is thin. Everyone's thin. How do they do it? I don't really understand. What is it? Is it because everyone's riding bicycles or, around? Everyone's biking and walking. walking I think around. they like, I haven't figured it out, but I'm working on it. Yeah, that's a code worth cracking. Yeah. Is I think the ingredients are just great. They dance all night. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not all night, but like they dance a lot into the early evening. Do you have a German yeah. term that you can tell us for dancing all night? <laughs> Whoa! It's probably one word. Okay. Um, Bergheim. Bergheim. Mm-hmm. Um, Krafak. Tanten alle Nacht, I guess, would be dance all night. Andre, are you going to bow out of this question? No, no, or no, we, no, no, no. Dad is going to play like, the game. I, I think I was kind of like, I was, I was doing one of those things where you hate the fans of a band when you listen to the band, where it's like I pictured all the answers to that question I wasn't going to like, mm. even though no one said it. Just like, mm. oh, you know. He didn't like, like the dress till he tried it on, is what it sounds like. Uh, I would say on a beach, watching a fish get pulled out of the water. And wait, then, wait, the, what country? Oh, there's a country. country? Mm-hmm. Oh, he's already out. Yeah, I'm out. What about your native land of Hawaii? I could do that. Okay, we're going Hawaii. No, I mean, not necessarily. Um, Off the coast of Chile? Are we in Patagonia? <laughs> I mean, these are all places that I would love to eat fish from. <laughs> Um, I'm just going to stick with anonymous beach, watching the fish get pulled out of the water. Cooked. You want to see the murder. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, so breakfast, we, we watch a fish get pulled I mean, pulled I want to kill it. You want to kill you it cut yourself. me off. 
Okay. So I kill the fish. <laughs> okay. Um, Do you, you use the Japanese method to puncture the the nervous system with the with the coat hanger? Right? No, hands only. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You rip its what? head off. Savage. Yeah. Um, and then I hold the spine up to a small child on the beach that's walking by. Mm-hmm. He screams, runs off. I meet the mom. She's single. <laughs> what up? How are you? We start rapping, and then we don't even have dinner. <laughs> Valentine's Day. I was going to say just grilled fish on a beach, cold beer. That's what I want. He's a simple man. Do you have like a lime or? <laughs> sure. We can throw in something fun. We can throw in citrus. Let's talk citrus. Yeah. <laughs> um, great question. Great answers. Lindsay Gazel, she's a, I think she lives in Canada. She, she does, makes the cookies. She makes the cookies. I follow her on Instagram. She, isn't she mm. so good at making cookies? What is with those cookies? They're incredible. They're incredible. You should follow her at Lindsay with an E G A Z E L. Is that the cookies the that look Lindsay. like something you yeah, show she, me the pictures of? Yeah. Those were really impressive. They're amazing. My favorite, she does the rainbow colored Motorola StarTac phone. Mm. Yeah, you and showed like me that one. That was example. insane. But like, crazy stuff. Um, she said, what food or non-food podcast do you guys listen to? Tall Tales. I do another podcast called Tall Tales, so obviously I listen to that. But food podcasts, I mean, do you, do you listen to food podcasts? Sometimes I listen to... Um, Richard's Fantastic Food Podcast. What's it called? Richard? Who the hell's Richard? No, he did one. Come on. Uh, oh, oh, Richard Parks. Richard Parks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He. I mean, sure. He is. That's the classic one. Yeah. He did one. Do you episode. know Richard Parks? He's great. I don't. The third. He. Uh, he wrote the <laughs> Gorilla Tacos book. He co-wrote oh, the Gorilla Tacos. Sure. Book. And, I'll listen. He's great. He only did one three really years ago, but it's good. It really it's about is Bone Broth. Third. I listened to that one. Oh. Yeah. Right. Trendy. And, yeah. Um, but other like food <laughs> podcasts, like the Eater Food Podcast, was really bad. What else is ah. there? Um, my friend's podcast, um, the food scene. Michael Harlan Turkel's podcast is good. He it's asked called good the question. food scene. The food scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. I learned Never about heard of the food scene. Where is yeah, it? Where is it based out of? Um, I guess Heritage Radio Network. Mm, mm-hmm. New York. New York. The New York Bros. The other LA. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Damn definitely. right, sister. The cold uh, LA. I used to nerd out and How listen quickly to. You turned. America's Test Kitchen podcast because they would kind of go in depth on some things. Mm-hmm. When I, I really have to be in the mood for that because it's kind of like a grandma mm-hmm. content. Yeah, like yeah, like my mom calling in and being like, "I tried to make a muffin and it didn't work." And then they'll be like, "Did you? Well, are you an idiot? On? Did you follow the recipe? <laughs> Next call." You know, I want to be. I want to be. On that podcast, oh really? I love a trouble. I love to troubleshoot. So oh, yeah, you love a troubleshoot. I know. Okay. Let's start with your dishes. Are they clean? <laughs> Have you organized your recipe book yet? How many protractors okay. are you using to How line the paper? Are you? Well, then we need to get back to these questions so we could troubleshoot. Okay. Um, and also, Lindsay said, "Are there any good sushi spots in Palm Springs?" Um, there's only one sushi spot that I like. It's too expensive. Called Kiyosaku. Uh, it's really it's. It's good for Palm Springs, but it's really expensive because it's in Palm Springs. But K-I-Y-O-S-A-K-U. They do a beautiful grapefruit. Well, they hollow out the grapefruit, and they mix the grapefruit flesh with a bunch of like uh, salmon and, and oh, fresh you, crab and, like and tuna and all this stuff. delicious. And then they, and some of the grapefruit juice, and they, and they scoop it all back in there with avocado and stuff like that. It's really good, but it's probably like 28 bucks or something. Hmm. hmm. 
But, yeah, so Palm Springs is like what the Hamptons of LA. Mm, yeah, but gayer. Perfect. <laughs> Have you ever know. been to Palm Springs? Yeah, no, I've been. Mm-hmm. I just everyone's always going there since I'm out here in LA. Yeah, actually, Andre was sniffing around for a little Palm Springs trip. He wants to do a little swim time. I just want a pool. Who doesn't? Yeah, just wants a pool. that's really what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. I think um, the food. I think the food scene in Palm Springs has gotten better over the last year. It used to kind of not really be much. There's the old classic like mobster steakhouse place, and then yeah. mm. there's like gay diners. Mm-hmm. That yeah. are okay, but you have to wait like three hours for a table on a Sunday. It's kind of a little too much. I went alone for two days to Palm Springs two years ago. Finish up that book. That's right when I sold the book. I was like, I'll go to Palm Springs for two days. And I got there and was like, what? It's Hell 95 yeah. degrees and I'm hiking in the burning sun. Mm. What was I thinking? Don't do that. No hiking. No, no, I was no. hiking. Mildly buzzed bike rides, but no hiking. Yeah, solo no, fully, Palm Springs. Fully hiking alone in Palm Springs was You just lay next to a pool, then you go in a pool, then you come out and lay next to it, and then you like grill some fucking chicken Eat a weird salad that has quinoa in it. All right, I'll come Take with you next app. time. Watch a rom-com. Hit the jacuzzi. Don't do drugs. Next question from my friend Victor, a, a DJ in San Diego, Harvard base. He says, why does Mexican food taste different in L.A. compared to San Diego? It's only two hours away. Bro. And kind of a funny, not serious question at first, but it is true. Mm-hmm. It's the food, the Mexican food is so different and they're not really doing much different. What's the difference between the two? It's not, not being an expert in this. It's not something that you California can really area. quantify with words. Is it's just well, it's, like a it's a broad it's a it could be a broad question. It's about a broad it. question that is probably mildly unfair to San Diego, but I also feel like but it, he's a San Diego resident. And he's he's saying he prefers the San Diego Mexican food. Yeah, to but LA let's not attribute far. all of San Diego to one guy who lives in San Diego. But I, but one, but fair. He does live there. But yeah, the food is very different down there. One. Um, also, I, you're one guy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I, I also wouldn't stake my opinion for anything that's worthwhile listening to. We don't. No, nobody does. <laughs> but it's a super heavy college town, like incredibly based on size and population. Um, and I think that the food, as I've eaten Mexican food in San Diego, I think it's much more generalized towards a less specific region in Mexico and more of like the broadest term of Mexican food, meaning ingredients like rice, beef, beans, mm-hmm. cilantro, certain kinds of salsa. I mean, I, I don't think you find kind of like the Oaxacan restaurants that you would find in Los Angeles compared to San Diego. I think mm-hmm. regionally specific cooking out of Mexico doesn't really kind of show itself in San Diego the way it does specifically mm-hmm. in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's kind of saying quite the opposite. He's saying, why is Los Angeles Mexican food not as good as San Diego, not as yeah. regionally specific? Uh, Not as good. Because it doesn't have fries in the burritos. Not as good. <laughs> That's the answer. But he's talking about the real Mexican food in San Diego. Right. Not the, not the college bro oh. California burrito stuff. He's talking about the real, real shit, like border town kind of vibe and why that food is different than the food. But, but also you can replace L.A. and San Diego with two cities that right. are two hours away from each other all across the world. Oh, well, then I, I don't know. I mean, maybe my response is you're eating in the wrong places when you come up here. Maybe uh, that's probably true. I mean, in that way. But, yeah. I guess that's my response. Yeah. You got nothing for that one, do you? 
Haven't been to San Diego since I was like eight, so feel well, he- that I shouldn't weigh in. Yeah. Well, here's a question. Uh, Why are the chicken question? fingers different in LA <laughs> than San Diego? <laughs> Why is my mommy nicer to me in San Diego? <laughs> okay, uh, Ellen, my friend Ellen, who I went to high school with, I think, and she's, she's friends with my brother. She's an, a yoga teacher. Actually, a good question. Is there any way to save an avocado that still needs to ripen, but you've already cut into it? Ooh, no. Just a straight up now. Some people will like, tell you to like blend it with peas. I think that's a waste. Whoa. Have you seen that? Like underripe avocados, they say to make guacamole by blending it with um, oh, is this like defrosted the, frozen peas. This is like the New York Times, right? Guac but that pea like thing. I don't that's just a pea dip. So mm-hmm. that's fine. So maybe make pea dip. Save maybe it make with pea, pea dip. dip. Yeah, I guess just mix it with peas. I mean, because once, yeah, once you cut that thing in half, yeah, it's it a ticking ripe, time bomb. Yeah, and also don't put don't put an unripe avocado in the fridge, cut or uncut, right? Or cut, probably put it in the fridge, but don't put an uncut, unripe. Yeah, yeah, never, avocado never put in the an uncut avocado. Stops the ripening. Mm-hmm. I've had decent luck with if you take saran wrap and really carefully, especially if you're able to keep the pit on. If you take saran wrap and really carefully wrap it to the point where you're basically full surface contact with mm-hmm. the saran wrap and the avocado, sealing it like you would like almost a vacuum seal on mm-hmm. top where any of the flesh is exposed, really exposed, it, really getting it on, and there. leaving it out, it doesn't brown, it doesn't turn color, and it keeps for at least a couple of days, and you know maybe that might help continue right. But oh, it's not shit. going to. Ri- oh really? Well, we'll have to report back. Yeah. Damn. Waste so, an avocado. Mm, so, so yeah, you can plastic wrap it, but really get on that. Yeah, thing. not like just cover it and then wrap it. I mean, like you're pressing the saran wrap into the exposed like your life avocado depends on it. And, yeah, and like it looks. Should like put it in a plastic bag and like suck out the air. I mean, really I have a that. food saver for sous vide, so I could. You could probably go ham like that, but mm-hmm. I mean, just even hand pressing the saran wrap seems to work pretty good. All right, Christopher Rodriguez says, "I'm a former LA head that moved to Portland for work." I'm sometimes in Seattle. I have major FOMO about all the places I get. I don't get to eat at every week. Are there any recommendations on quality food in Portland or Seattle? Oh my God! I mean, I don't I love the know. food in Portland. Yeah, I was going to say I don't know specifically, but there's incredible food in both those cities. Like, write us in, and we'll get FOMO from where you're eating for sure. <laughs> I know. I know in Seattle, a lot of people like a restaurant called The Walrus and The mm-hmm. Carpenter. Yeah, I haven't been there, but I've heard from trusted sources that it's delish. I feel like Eater does a good job keeping the heat maps updated, so he can check true. there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just yeah, check the Eater heat maps. Even though whenever they, whenever I read the ones about LA, I'm like, oh, this is all bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, Farley. Uh, <laughs> it's like half of it's good, and half of it's like, really, this place? Why is it? No, 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 no. Um. Textbook asks tips on preparing a vegetarian bun mi. Mm. Mm. Well, lots first of, of all, mayonnaise. Don't. Yeah, lots of mayonnaise. Yeah, lots I of mean, pickle. Press dyke. your tofu. Like press the shit out of your tofu. Well, first we're. I didn't even know we're going to do tofu. Well, I don't know. You want something sort of like? Yeah. Maybe not I'm doing any cold cuts. What right? about tempeh so. bacon? Mm-hmm. No. Mm. What do you mean no? I just no I bacon. Don't, Tempeh bacon. Mm-hmm. No, I mean like that's not that's not. I mean, bun mi has pate and roasted pork. Yeah. Sure, but none and of those are bacon flavors. None of those like you're. It's not real bacon. Well, yeah, it's but tempeh. it has liquid smoke in it, which is basically mimicking 
that flavor of Yummy. bacon that really takes over. God damn it. Okay, look, <laughs> if your shitty bomb me has got bacon in it. No, I'm just kidding. No, but yeah, I feel like that's. So we're going tofu and we're squishing the hell out of it. Yeah. And Do then, you, like, fry it. a tofu press? No. It's like a little, little machine. box guy? Yeah, they're great. I'm a huge fan of them. Buy and a tofu press. Buy a tofu press, press tofu. Have you ever made tofu? No. I've been looking I into the, to making the tofu. I really want to make my own warm. I want to I eat the tofu that I've made while it's still warm Ooh, from the making so process. Good. There's a place that does it called Raku, R A K U, in West Hollywood that's really good. And they, they'll serve a fresh, still warm. Silken, it's so good. Mm. If I, I had was... that last night. Hmm? Not well. I had. I went to um, Major Domo. Oh, Ooh, must be nice. Oh, okay. What do we give the Domo on the Rotten Tomato meter? Rotten Tomato. I give it. I. I don't know. I give it like a fifty-four. Fifty. I don't know. That is not fresh. We're not. We're not rotten, but we're not fresh. Mm-mm. I don't know. I like it. Maybe we're still working out the kinks down at Major Definitely Domo. working out some kinks. Ooh. It's a, it's, it's a freshie. It's new <laughs> it's on the new. block. It's new. Damn. I was going to go, but no, I'm definitely not going. Just, I think like, let them work the service out. What was the best thing you had there? Uh, marinated mushroom dish. Okay. Yeah. Just like some different types of... There was like pickled mushrooms. There were some sliced trumpets that were... I think like pan seared or something, and then there's some bitter greens and herbs and like something I don't know tasty things I couldn't identify or didn't try to. Mm. Wow, a lot of us is, like eating a bunch of things. Don't sound too exciting. That is not a mm. glowing review. It's okay. It just had like just some so muck on a plate that I ate or didn't expensive. eat. I don't know. The thing is, I Bye. Mean, it's it's definitely like probably satisfies when people want to eat a David Chang meal in a fancy space in mm-hmm. like right. a warehouse in downtown LA. Um, yes, on the nose. A little on the nose <laughs> is what you're saying. Yeah, it's a little bit out of central casting, as we'd say in Los Angeles. <laughs> I love it. Give me all the terms. Make um, me sound like a local. So we're squishing the tofu. <laughs> no, but so if you. But want... I did have silken tofu that was fine. Okay, fair. Fine. <laughs> it was. I ate it. They have they have silken tofu of the silk... That's fine as well. My review of the silken tofu is. <laughs> I ate it. You know. Um. Didn't so, plan to be mean on this podcast today. It's not mean. Not we're, mean, because it's honest and it wasn't snarky. We're just honest. It's fine. Yeah. Did have a drink in a cat-shaped tiki cup. That was enjoyable. Sounds right. Okay. Fun. Fun-ish. If I was going to make a vegetarian bond me, <laughs> so if you don't have some of the elements, some of the, like, the classic meat elements like charshu, pork, or something like that, which would be a little bit harder, to, I think, to mimic with either tofu or especially vegetables, I would go like lemongrass route when you get like a lemongrass mm. beef or a lemongrass chicken banh mi, which isn't the traditional ham and pate, but I think it's pretty common. So if you would take like a lot of fresh ginger, lemongrass, maybe some kefir lime, which you're going to then remove after you saute everything oh, together... Yeah. That would pair and go well with tofu, seitan, even that's strong enough forward for any kind of roast vegetable or sautéed vegetable. Then Mm. lots of hoisin, lots of sriracha, lots of mayo, and then... What about a Maggie mayo? Yeah, definitely. Mm. I like the Maggie sauce in the mayo. And then just lots of pickled daikon and carrot. Cilantro. Fresh cilantro, cilantro? fresh cilantro leaves. And like good bread, like make sure the bread's tasty. 
maybe squirt it up with some f- crispy fried garlics or shallots. Mm. Absolutely. We'll add a nice little Absolutely. third dimension crunch. Yeah, that'd be great. If you're missing the meat, and definitely use the tempeh bacon. Next question. Ben Friedlander, what is a good and easy meal to cook for a large group of people? Parentheses 10 plus. Mm. Mm. We, do you have any large format healthiest recipes? No, in this there? is all basically like recipes for four. Well, four times because right family stuff. But um, okay, my go-to is always like do a massive slow roasted pork shoulder or something because that's mm-hmm. just hands off yeah. and does its own thing. You can make a sauce from like the drippings or whatever. Yeah, do, and, and you can cook it for three hours or five hours right. or six hours and it's still going to exactly. be good. And you don't have to like babysit it and mm-hmm. it, you don't have to worry about what it's going to look like. That's and great. it's really like a crowd pleaser. And then basically also it tastes good at room temperature because this, mm. I don't know if he wants to be stressed. Was there, was easy in the question? He, he said a good and easy meal to good cook for easy. a large group. Yeah. So he does need it to be good. Good and easy. Good and easy. No, well, you said I was just, Trying to think of my own answer, and easy's difficult. Your answer's great. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I'd, I think the. I think that's a, a large format. Yeah, I tend to do like three vegetable sides, and then I would always say like start with a cheese and meat board, and then. Mm, you said some easy. Sort of Sunday situation. <laughs> hmm. For dessert. What about a crude? Super easy. A Sunday situation. Yeah, I'm just thinking like easy. Like he could make some brownies. And then mm. put out some ice cream and some like yeah, this took a toasted lef- nuts. This took a left turn easy about five dishes ago. Do you have any ago. Sunday Wait, recipes in there? No. Oh, yeah, I do. I have a Sunday. I opened right to it. Wow. Holy shit. For listeners at home, she literally just grabbed her book, opened a page at random, and she landed on her Sunday recipe. The lemon meringue, air quotes, pie, Sundays. Mm. Just lemon curd, vanilla frozen yogurt, and those hard meringue cookies crushed up. Delicious. It's very good. Okay. It is easy. <laughs> and easy. Good to do for a crowd, actually. People can crush their own. People like to do a thing. Yeah, I noticed, I, I noticed that. I, I haven't been to Major Domo, but it looks like things are very like interactive in terms of you can do your own thing, squirt your own sauces, build your own little wraps and things like that. Hmm. Do you find that to be a trend that's emerging? Of like people want to interact? The trend I noticed the most, just speaking again of last night, is like things made specifically to be Instagrammed. Mm. Even Chang is doing that. Mm. You mean like ice cream cones that are black with charcoal, or like for a stew where they like slice the hot raclette onto it in front of you? Oh, uh, and then everyone, of course, gets their phone out and they have to have the flashlight on because it's dark. And then they take a dumb video of the raclette sliding down. Hmm. <clears throat> I mean, if we feel like that, imagine how Andre feels like that. That's fine. <laughs> He's fine with it. No, I'm not at all. I'm just trying <laughs> to keep this light and airy. So, yeah, and also like the Salt Bay restaurant in New York, which is like the dumbest thing of all time. I'm going to be real with you, and I skipped this entire Salt Bay thing and just decided not to pay attention from smart. day one. And I still actually don't know what this is. But I'm not going to find out. You shouldn't. But I mean, it's a, it's a guy who got famous on the internet because he does. Well, I'm going to find out right he now. He sprinkles salt in a funny way, and he wears sunglasses, and that's it. But then they gave him a, a restaurant, yeah. And he will go to your table and like slice the meat for you and do the salt sprinkle, and he's making a fuckload of money. Oh my god! Well, food is marketing first now in a lot of ways. Yeah, listeners at home, don't support him. He's bad and dumb. 
If you have an idea now, you will often get funding. It well. So an an idea for a marketing concept is can take you further than a delicious concept. I think one of the hard things is that it's a much more crowded space now. So if you, I think I sometimes I get frustrated because I was like, well, this works. These recipes work, and that's not necessarily something that gets through mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. a consumer who's being inundated with really fun videos to watch. Right. Um, and it's not to take down all those people, but it is to say, like, how do you, when you don't necessarily have marketing skills because you've gotten really good at making recipes, how do you compete with people who it's like, how do you have make great money, ideas? How do you make money as a jazz musician? You know what I mean? It's that kind of thinking. Kind of, yeah. You're, you're making the best music, but nobody wants to listen to it. I like jazz. <laughs> I do too. And we like a lot of food that most dum-dums in the world don't. Right, right. I guess it's like money interacting with dum-dums. quality. Right. Or lack thereof. Mm-hmm. That's a whole other pod to explore. Andre, what is the best thing that you ate all week? Because we're just, we're just closing things up over here. On I'm going to do a goofy one, but I've, I stand by it. Okay. So we went on a fun bike ride on Sunday, Jason and I. We did a Highland Park bike ride journey. Ooh, we went to Mason, like Mason Dumplings and had an awful dumpling. Really not good. <laughs> really not good. Um, from the people who brought you luscious dumplings, which is good. Which Maybe, is very I think good. we just got a bad, we had a bad dump that day. Something was weird. Bad yeah, I would, I would be willing to go back if I was there already. And it was free. And it was free. And it was better. It was like the soup, <laughs> but it was like the soup not, dumplings, but like they were all half of them were like deflated. Had exploded some of them in were exploded. Someone ate the soup out of them. Yeah, yeah. Some of them were the soup had already popped out, and it was empty. It was just you have one job as a soup dumpling. Yeah, it was like it, especially yeah, like you said, the pedigree of luscious dumpling. It was. It was yeah, it was garbage. Um, <laughs> but we went to what tri- we had, and I think we may have had the most off basket of soup dumplings they've ever served, possibly. And they sent it to the wrong couple of fellas. Well, I mean, I don't care. I'm, it's fine. I'm just not gonna go back. No, but they did because I Instagrammed <laughs> it, and we're talking about it, and thousands of people will never go there. And then, um, <laughs> and then we went to Triple Beam Pizza, which is a new pizza spot, and. Um, it's Nancy a, Silverton. Nancy Silverton. I mean, we keep saying that, but I feel like there's. I, I mean, I feel like she's. There's other probably, people who have a bigger hand in it. Probably. I feel like she's probably the most hands off. I mm-hmm. think she seems like, from what I've read, inspired and kind of instructed people to go look at Roman pizza and mm-hmm. replicate, as opposed to. And I don't know. I, I just can't find any information written about her specific specific involvement. But you drop her name, and it kind of overshadows everybody else involved and, yeah. I, and I feel like there's a lot of people that probably deserve a huge amount of credit maybe even more than her yeah Nancy that I don't know get out of here maybe I'm wrong as well like but, Phil Rosenthal <laughs> <laughs> so it's attached to Silver Lake Wine which they're calling um, Highland Park Wine but the shop itself is designed the same the same people from Silver Lake Wine it's beautiful inside yeah. it's incredibly well you should curated. go while you're in town okay triple yep. bean pizza in Highland Park will do um, your friend lives there and really quickly, it's fun. It's Roman style. I wasn't that familiar with it, but basically they're making really long um, rectangular pizzas, and they've got five types, and you kind of show them with your hands how much you want. 
Mm. They cut that off, weigh it, and charge you by the ounce. Tell me when to stop. Yeah, it's really fun. And the pizza was really good. It was good. Um, Some better than others. But my favorite thing, <laughs> Need which salt. is so stupid, but my favorite thing was they have two what look like normal taps, carbonated taps, like beer taps, but they're mm. sitting there, and that's the water station. Um, and they're really nice taps from somebody who bartended. It's like they, it, it's not like your friend's kegerator. They're like commercial grade beer mm-hmm. taps. So touching those are always fun. Some of that cold Austrian steel feels good in your yeah. hand. Yeah, baby can work. Mm-hmm. But one side's sparkling and one spot, one side's flat. And basically, it's. I mean, it is free. But you just, to me, the idea of every place from now on that I go to has free, use your own beer tap filtered sparkling water mm-hmm. is a world I really want to wake up Yeah, if up every in. restaurant had mm-hmm. self-serve, just perfectly chilled, fizzy water with a nice-feeling tap, mm-hmm. a good, I mean, good pull on it. it was life-changing. The so La Colombe in New York has that. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, that's I like great. to fill up my water bottle. just like, pop in. Hey, guys. Mm-hmm. How you doing? Mm-hmm. They're just, just finishing up my coffee from just a few minutes ago that I didn't <laughs> Bring buy. Bring in a year-old cup every yeah. time. Yeah. There's a, they just opened they one, a, a giant La Colombe here in the Frogtown neighborhood of L.A., right along the river. It's mm-hmm. nice. We rode by it on bikes on Sunday. Yeah, we really Good did. Good way to eat. So many. <laughs> we are dying but, to go to Berlin and just scoot around on two wheels. So the goofy favorite thing was sparkling water tap. But I will also recommend, I really like the pizza. They had five types. What's Very good. One? But my favorite one was just pepperoni. Mm. They had really impressive pepperoni. They were using on top. Hard to, beat with pepper- hard to beat the pepperoni. But they had a nettle pizza that was good, a uh, potato pizza that was good, sausage pizza, and then cheese? Just or a margarita? margarita, yeah. yeah. Mm. All of them All did need a little salt, but they were delicious. You gotta carry your own salt. All of them were. Do you have your own salt? Do you salt have the little Maldon flip tin? And, and the Jacobson is also Ooh. a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. A little slider. And you can refill it. Sure. You can Sometimes I just it. bring a plastic bag of salt with me, you know? Sure. <laughs> do you? Is it salt? No. Is that true? <laughs> yeah. yeah that's my salt. <laughs> that's amazing. So, food fair, salt is in the purse. Yeah. Do not taste that salt. Uh, what about you? Do you do you have a, a the best thing that you ate? You know what? I came up with it, and it's controversial potentially with you, fancy lo- uh, fellows, not ladies. <laughs> fancy fellows? Are we fancy? I'll take ladies. I'm fancy I'll take ladies. Fancy. I'm a sauce man, and you're fancy ladies. <laughs> uh, <laughs> No, okay, so my sister hosted a bachelorette for her best friend this weekend, and I tagged along at their behest to one of the worst places I've ever been, not just in L.A., but in the world. Same soft brow. Uh, I don't know what that is. Medieval but, times. Um, it's called maybe, I think it's called Malibu Farm Winery. No, Malibu Wines, Malibu Winery. Never heard of it. It's in Malibu. It's not in Malibu because I swear we were driving like 30 minutes past Malibu into the mountains. It feels like everyone there is auditioning for The Bachelor, and <laughs> it's like... Supposed what do you think f- the name of it is? Malibu Farm Winery, Malibu Wine Place. Right, right, right. Okay. Um, point being is like you drink their wine that whatever, and but you can bring your own snacks. And my sister had bought like Fritos, Borsan, and then like prosciutto from the Did supermarket. Did you go on a Miami wine safari? <laughs> yeah, basically. And I'm telling you. Big Fritos with Borsan in the middle, wrapped with prosciutto, is Woo! one of the most delicious things that you can eat. So Big Frito meaning we're it. talking the scoop. I think that's what it's called, yeah. Big Frito. Big Frito. Don't pretend you don't know what a scoop is. 
Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know if it's it was a, a scoop, scoop or not. I just like scoop. poured them in so a bowl. So Big Frito, Big Frito. Balsam cheese. Yeah. Which flavor? Just a standard? I think it was the regular garlic herb. And then wrap in prosciutto. Yeah. Move over, Ludo, with your Belsan omelette. Oh, yeah. This he does a, use that in the this omelet. This is a better vessel. I'm just saying, when you're somewhere and you're drinking and you're just stuck and can, you're eating this, everything's okay. That's one of those happy accident snacks that comes together. And I a could already... I can already... You just said snacksident. <laughs> I've never two, had one snacksident, and I can. I'm I'm picturing it in my in my brain, and I'm like, I would eat all those until I ran out of them, 100. percent Yeah, like people could say they wouldn't, but it's really delicious. It has it all? It has it all. Lots of salt. Here's what you didn't know: we're real big Frito heads. Mm. I also a enjoy a chili food. cheese Frito. Huge. Everyone fan. does. For listeners at home, I want—I dare you to make a scoop with borsan and wrap it in prosciutto. Mm-hmm. Send me a pic. I won't serve Send chili. I won't we'll give you $100 first without Fritos. I won't serve chili without Fritos. No, that's, yeah. It's well, polite, maybe we polite. need to do a Frito pie and incorporate the belsan and the prosciutto. Can you just make, uh, okay, when you make your next chili, Andre, instead of using ground beef, just use a whole prosciutto leg. <laughs> Cost a couple hundo, but think of the flavor. Couple hundo. <laughs> what what trash prosciutto are you buying? Oh hell yeah! Now we're talking. Oh man, man. Uh, couple thou, couple thou. Okay, couple thou. So if if we were to make a Frito pie with prosciutto, would you? I mean, I don't know why I'm asking this question because <laughs> I don't like crisp prosciutto. But would you? Yeah, I don't like crisp prosciutto either. But. W- I'm okay with it. Would you crisp some of it to make this Frito pie with? I feel like I would do that. I think maybe I would render all the prosciutto out and then use that prosciutto fat to cook the other things in. There's nothing. Well, to like, I guess. Is this Frito pie in the bag? Yes, hundred percent. Okay, so I would start by like like putting some prosciutto at the bottom, like around the mm-hmm. side, making a bag in the bag. You're a, you're a damn freak. You're, you're <laughs> lining the walls with prosciutto. It's going to look like... I love, that, I love that idea conceptually, but what I love about the Frito pie is that every mm. ingredient in the Frito pie is small enough that it can all be kind of swished and all get on you and become one bite. Yeah, yeah, if you sliced it enough to you where if you stir... You slice it anyway. Yeah. No, I mean, if you took whole pieces of prosciutto and then layered it in the bag like you're doing a bird's nest, I mean, that, that's what I was picturing when you said that. But then if you're doing that scoop and eating that, then you got like a, one huge piece. Of, see, that's, yeah. Yeah. Mm, nothing, but, nothing less like embarrassing than when you're like, the prosciutto won't bite and you're like yeah, yeah, yeah. attached nothing. to the sandwich. You, you were saying about your mom? <laughs> My absolute worst nightmare is, yeah. how, is getting a long strand of prosciutto that just won't bite down. Best thing that I had all week, it was all, it's a sad one because I finished a whole box of them in a period of less than 24 hours, and it is the Girl Scout cookie known as the Samoa. I knew what it was. Those really rip the roof of your mouth right off. <laughs> they, you got to do a side bite. 
You gotta go in and then just use the you back go molars. Good. Also, they don't. You can't freeze them because the inner the inner workings of the Samoa don't freeze well. Like it, it becomes too. Because the caramel's too hard. It's too hard. To, yeah, like the 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 crunchy center and the caramel becomes a little too hard. Did you steal these from Dan, or did you buy a box yourself? I bought a box. You bought a box. I bought a box. Just wouldn't have called it. Well, right. I was trying to. I was planning um, a Valentine's. I was smoking day. a lot of pot. I was, <laughs> I was planning a Valentine's Day dinner where I was like, I wasn't, if I was still going to make food, I was going to take a, a, a pint of Strauss vanilla ice cream and then melt it down or like warm it up a little bit so it's more pliable and then mix it with chopped up Samoas and then refreeze it to make a custom Samoa vanilla ice cream. Cute. Uh, they call that a blizzard in the industry, but that's I was going to make my own Samoa blizzard and then like... 18 hours into me having that box in my possession, I was like, cool, eating the last one right now. And that was it. Happy Valentine's Day. So then I was like, I need to make a dinner reservation because my whole plan is ruined. Yes. So where are you going? Going to EPLP. It's it's in West Hollywood. It's a delicious restaurant. Andre loves it. One of my faves anywhere in the world. It's kind of a a nice Southeast Asian Mm. Thai-ish style Restaurant. I've, I've only eaten though. Jason. Leaning. Jason says it sometimes that it really helps to know what you should order from the menu. And I've only gone and sat at the bar and done dealer's choice, kind of. So, and I've only eaten there know, three or four times. But it is one of my favorite restaurants from that experience and from what came out of the kitchen that way. Mm. I think so. Mm-hmm. I do kind of feel like if you hear this glaring, glaringly glowing review, and you don't do the same thing I did, I don't know. You, maybe you get some misses. Yeah, if you're if you're a foodie person, sit at the chef's counter at the bar there. We've talked about it before. Yeah. But that's definitely the way to do it. Otherwise, it can be kind of like a West Hollywood ultra loungy kind of feel that might turn off a lot of you fucking nerds. Including me. But if you're a cool hot person, then just sit <laughs> in a regular restaurant. Thank you so much for doing this podcast. If you want to buy the book Healthy-ish, it's already sold out, but I'm just kidding. Uh... You can find it on all, anywhere you anywhere can find you a damn find cookbook. Books, yeah. And, and uh, Amazon.com. Barnes & Noble, Barnes Target. And Noble. Target. Almost all. Oh, yeah. Shit, indie bookstores. Too? You can go to IndieBound, support your local bookstore. Hell yeah. Yeah. Nice. And people can follow you on Instagram. Yep. At Lindsay Maitland. At Lindsay Maitland. Yep. No Maitland. Hunt. Maitland. Not super phonetic. Yeah. It's Okay. Cool. You can follow me at them jeans. Andre has no social media. And you can go to the stewpodcast.com for all the old episodes. Thank you again. Thank you. Bye. Bye.